0: You're listening to Building the Game with Rob and Jason. It's Building the Game.
1: To Building the Game, a documentary podcast. Today is Monday, March 12th, 2018. It's episode 302. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. We are back on the air. Here we go. Season, what is it, seven, I think, of our crazy show. Season seven, hitting the ground, running. Don't touch that dial. Tune in. Stay right here for me and Jason. We're back. We're back. Back on the air. Somebody asked
0: recently, like, I was looking for season breaks, but couldn't find any. And I was like, I responded and said, we just do one quality stream of awesomeness nonstop.
1: Nonstop. Nonstop. We don't need season breaks. But some people do do seasons, We should right? start That's doing like, season breaks and like take a month off here and there. Yeah, no. Between seasons. Because let's be honest, you know what happened? We would just not we come back. We would just never come back. Here, right? <laughs> Yeah, we would go on hiatus, and then we would have done
0: one season, and then we'd have been done. Yeah. So season one was 300 episodes. You're not one. Season two. This is season
1: two. No, this is season seven. I don't know what this is. Whatever. Uh, We're back though. We actually haven't recorded in a long time. Yeah. We got we got ahead when we were kind of ramping up to 300. We got we got recorded ahead, and uh, uh, and then we got busy and had a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. And we're not even recording on our normal night now. Nope. well, I was out of the country, so I that's just, true. I'm back now. Jason's back. back we in are the
0: back. USSR builders. USA back from the USSR. I did not go to the USSR. Are you a spy, Jason? That's not a thing anymore, Rob. It's just Russia now. Well, depends Keep on who you up. talk to. Uh,
1: yeah. So we, um, yeah. I don't know what I. What was I saying? I was saying to make a joke, and then you interrupted me. It was probably not funny. Let's be well, honest. Well, I mean, probably not. But it was doesn't mean it wasn't worth trying yeah <sighs> should we just start over no okay uh, cool <laughs> how you, how you cool, doing
0: cool. you were out of the country i was i went to the dominican republic tell us about that so uh yeah we went there for four days for a wedding um and shenanigans uh-huh. uh, so we uh shenanigans stayed, are the best s- part stayed at the majestic elegance uh which is a stupid name for a resort. Sure is. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but it turns out it was a nice resort, uh, super fancy. They had lots of little tiki huts on the beach. Somebody from the Dominican Republic, feel free to tell me what they're actually called, but they are- Cabanas? Uh, um, well, they, they basically are, you know, like a uh, umbrella that's made out of a uh, palm tree stuff, I think. I think it's uh-huh. from, like, I mean, it's like the, uh, um. there's a, I've been, I said it all weekend and I can't remember the name of the roof, like the- um, what that roof is made out of palm fronds palm frond roof sure whatever yeah but it's like the dried ones, so they're all brown and stuff and uh okay um yeah but they look like little tiki huts that's what i called them
1: uh we sat on the beach it was it was all right so in the shade one of my favorite ween songs yeah Is bananas and blow and the chorus is i'm stuck in my cabana living on bananas and blow all right it's pretty that sounds sounds like ween yeah yeah it's,
0: it's good anyway go on so yeah so it was a good time we um we
1: hung out on the beach a lot hung out by the pool a lot
0: uh ate some good food and uh yeah yeah uh-huh. it was fun i so
1: i understand that you took yes. you took a big step i did you took I a did. big you took a dip Jason. <clears throat> i did i i for the first time ever
0: went into the ocean this is your first time in your whole life in my whole life yeah all the way up to my chest all the
1: way up to your chest i
0: went out i touched the rope it's like 20 feet out or something wow yeah the, so, the um, rope you're not supposed to swim past well yeah and nobody really does which is just shocking to me because Uh you know like in michigan if there was a rope people be like whatever and they just swim out past it i don't need ropes uh but you know uh yeah so i i have been a firm believer as i always post on facebook whenever somebody posts something scary that happened in the ocean i simply respond with ocean equals death Uh uh, because that's what i believe uh the ocean is not a safe place no one should ever be in it um not in a boat not on a goat um not Mm-mm. in a moat. Uh, but anyways, uh, uh, so yeah. so But some friends of mine kept begging me. I'm like, oh, go in the ocean. Come on, come on. And I honestly just wanted them to shut up. <laughs> so <laughs> so i like, pressure. they're going to do this all weekend. So yes, fine. Are. I'll go in the water. Yeah. Uh, and it's funny I came out and they're like You conquered your fear and I was like no I didn't Like I don't ever want to go back in again that was Terrible
1: um, <laughs> It was not about facing anything It was about getting y'all to shut up Yes. And then, and then, That they sounds c- like Jason That then- sounds like the Jason I know <laughs> uh, Then
0: I really wanted to wear shorts to this wedding Because it was on the beach uh-huh. and all the Other guys were like we're gonna wear We're gonna wear like dress pants and uh-huh. I was like I'll go in the ocean again tomorrow If you'll wear shorts <laughs> <laughs> so they agreed, and then the and then the ocean was really rough, and, uh, and we all decided it was not safe to go in the ocean. Okay, so good. but, um, you know, I you know people make fun of me for not wanting to go in the ocean, but here's here's people the like thing. me, <laughs> yeah, and that's fine. You know what? You can make fun of me all you want because this is what I can say. Uh-huh. I will never be eaten by a shark ever, mm-hmm. never bitten by a shark. I will never be stung by a jellyfish. You, my friend, can't say that if you're willing to go in
1: the ocean. I think I can pretty safely say that I will never get bitten by a shark. Probably, I can probably, say probably, but not a hundred percent. I think I am more likely to be struck by lightning than I am to be bitten by a shark, Jason. Well, yes,
0: I totally agree. But do you make it a habit of going outside with long metal rods in thunderstorms? I
1: have before. That's stupid. You shouldn't do that. Why? Well, it's fun.
0: Yeah, I was. <laughs> I was. Uh, I was literally five feet away from a tree that was struck by lightning and uh. destroyed.
1: That was one of the scariest things that I've had in my life. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I, I, look. I mean, you didn't really. Look, everybody knows there's no sharks in the Dominican Re- Republic. No one knows that. Everybody. Knows That's that. not a. Thing. That's a fact. It's not. They a don't fact. go there. Yeah, they probably do. They don't. You know
0: why they wouldn't go there if they if they didn't? Why? Uh, because if they had to fly in instead of swim in, uh-huh. it wouldn't be worth it. Yeah. Because let me tell you what the worst thing about the Dominican Republic is. Uh. I'm sure if you're from there, you can name other worse things. Sure. But let me tell you <laughs> the tourist- worst thing is as a tourist. Your stupid, stupid airport. Uh-huh. It's the worst. Uh, we got there and it was not a big deal. They charge you $10 when you show up. For uh-huh. a tourist card, but Ooh. really they're just robbing you of $10 uh-huh. uh, to enter their country. Sure. And then you go through immigration, which is nerve-wracking. Uh-huh. Uh, and then you get to ride a bus to they your They almost found all your drugs, didn't they? they? It was very close. And your
1: pornography. Yes. Yeah. <laughs>
0: is that not a thing down there? No, like, dude. How? I don't know. <laughs> so, I don't know. Uh, but anyways. Um, if they didn't get you for years, then I guess it's not a thing. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> so anyways. Uh, yeah, so we went to... The, we... Uh, um, they uh like when you try to leave the airport like you're just harassed by everyone Uh like oh no no we can get you to your hotel and i'm like no no i prepaid leave me alone i know where i'm going i need the guys with the flowered shirts they will take me where we need to go
1: isn't everybody wearing flowered shirts no surprisingly no no. just those guys i would have thought that everyone isn't isn't that that's probably me being stereotypical and terrible making a bad joke
0: i literally only saw those guys wearing flowered shirts well good all right uh, and those girls who worked at that company, but yeah. it was, so basically we went, you know, and they, uh, and the guy's like, don't talk to anyone. He's like, follow me. Don't talk to anybody. I got you. And he took my bags and I followed him and he took me to a bus and that bus took me to my hotel and it was good. Uh, okay. But anyway, so that was, that was not great, but it was like, whatever, you know, it's, you know, it's, I mean, like this is, this is the developing world, right? I mean, this is not like we're talking about like a first world country here, right? Yeah. Um, Though you would think so with the resort, you'd have no idea. But like uh, when you're outside of the resort, paying attention, it is it is not. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyways, uh, we um, we went to leave. Oh my gosh! We uh, got to the airport two and a half hours early, uh, as directed by our hotel. Like they tell you when you need to go. Sure. So we did that, uh, and they uh, when we were there, we um we got there. Uh, the kiosk didn't have Southwest on it, so we had to, so the ladies like you need to get in the line. Like okay, and she just shoved us in a line. Right and there were probably fifty people ahead of us in this line, and we stood mm. there for twenty minutes in the line, never moved one inch. Mm. Um, and this wasn't security. This was in And stuffs like this is to check our bags. We don't have to check our bags because we we don't check bags because the slingerlands don't check bags. Right.
1: Um, We've talked about that. Before, <clears throat> yes. I think.
0: Yes. Um, and just uh, so like
1: Jason doesn't go in the ocean.
0: Right. Slingerlands do not check bags. It's true. Yes, yeah. we do not. So, anyways, uh, what ended up happening was. Somebody heard me I'm like why don't they have kiosks and this one lady's like they do have kiosks for that like there's just only two of them out of the 15 kiosks they have so I was like Steph you go I told the guy behind me I'm like she might come back we're gonna try and get out of your way and he's like oh sounds great Uh, so Steph went was able to use our passports get our boarding passes we we stuck out of that line and then we went through the super long security line Uh um, that was nerve-wracking and crazy because people are just yelling at you in Spanish to do stuff like they're not even trying to like help you understand they're just yelling at you in Spanish yeah you're just uh, a piece of
1: garbage tourists. So, right. Yeah. Even though,
0: even though that whole city only exists because of tourists. <laughs> yeah. And the fact of the matter is, I'm not saying that like as an American. I was told that by our Dominican tour guide who's, who was who told us on the bus how to fill out our customs report to get out of the country. Yeah. Because he's like, if you fill it out wrong, um, if you fill it out wrong, they will say this to you. They'll say, oh, you filled this out wrong. Because um, after security, you go through customs again, right? Yeah. You filled this out wrong. Um, you're going to need to refill it out and correct this piece. Uh, go ahead and go to the back of the line, uh, which is like 150 people, uh, and do that. Yeah. And, and you're like, I'm not going to make my flight, right? I'm not going to make my flight. Right. Um and uh so what <clears throat> so what happens is they say you're like oh i can't do that and they're like okay we'll just pay a fine and we'll just take care of it for you ah. right oh and what do they do with that fine well they're not like they're putting that in the public coffers right right that's their that's their you know extra payment huh uh so the guy was like fill it out exactly like this and like i swear to you when the guy looked at it and saw it was right he looked disappointed and then <laughs> said stamped it and said go ahead nice. <laughs> so he was disappointed in you for for not being able to be scammed for more right. money um And then we waited for an hour on the airplane for everyone to get on because people hadn't made it through security yet. Yeah. And you don't leave people there. Like, because what do you mean? (laughs) Like, it would stink. Like, it's not like you got left in Chicago and you can just rebook a flight. Like Southwest has one flight a day out of there. Yeah. They have one flight in and then that flight turns around and flies back out um yeah. so well i mean to your location to be yeah. fair yeah i mean southwest is flying to other locations there too. but anyways so uh yeah super nerve-wracking uh i would definitely go again but i really wish i could teleport if you could teleport i'd say go right now like it's totally worth it mm. you don't even have to pay the ten dollars for the tourist card because no one ever cares about the tourist card you bought It was a waste of yeah literally mm. you use it two minutes later when you show the immigration officer that you bought it uh-huh. and then you never need it again And the card immigration card it is literally a credit card receipt That's all it is. It's a credit card receipt that you paid $10 in cash for, American, because that's what they'd rather have. Yeah. Um, But everything else was very beautiful. I loved it. Um, Yeah. So... All right. would recommend Majestic Elegance. Elegance. Somebody down there said Elegance, and I've been saying that ever (laughs) since. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I I think he was trying to say Elegance. I honestly think it was just his accent, but... um,
1: Elegance. That's not
0: what he said. He said Gents. Elegance. Elegance. Yeah, he said Elegance. Elegance. Okay. Honestly, maybe it might have been an American that said I don't remember, but it might have been just been some redneck. Oh,
1: with majestic elegance, it's great.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah,
1: anyways. Cool. Cool. Good story. Good experience. Yeah, so so, it was good. So, yeah. The, the little Slingerland adventure. Yeah, it was a good time. Yeah. We did
0: not take our kids because. Because who yeah. needs them? Well, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> well, not to mention, man, uh, that would have been terrible to be with the kids uh-huh. uh, on the um, flight there because it's five. It's, three and a half hours down and five hours back because of the, really because you're going so westerly that the oh, tailwinds gotcha got the tailwinds in gotcha. your favor so one way yeah um huh. yeah, yeah yeah great anyways so huh, what do you want to do now you want to talk about a topic you we just can just to, we <laughs> just go just call it take a nap
1: yeah. yeah call it a night if, if that's cool i'm I mean, tired whatever you want to do so yeah yeah Um, I imagine then you have not been playing many
0: games lately. No, no. uh, I played blackjack when we were there Hmm. and lost some money. It was fun. Good. That's good. That's it though. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. Right on you play anything? Uh not really, no. I'm continuing to work on uh oh well we did play we played Red Planet. Oh yeah, we did. Yeah it was fun. We we yeah. had a we had a game night and we played Red Planet and we played uh Seven Bridges City or whatever. Which is what it was called, yeah. what yep. it was called. But I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna pitch tonight what
0: it is now. Right the changes I've made Right, so. Okay,
1: so we can I guess we can get back to that for your pitch, but maybe we can talk about Red Planet, Red Planet a little bit. I guess if we have to. Yeah, if you don't mind. That's <laughs> totally fine. Uh yeah, so we we play test that. We did three player, you, me and Christine. Uh, and uh, uh, you had a lot of good suggestions. It's been several Shocking. several weeks now, and I'm kind of struggling to... And I've made changes since then that I've been very happy with. Um, so let me think. Some of the suggestions you made were... You said um, players cannot pass through each other, because previously I was saying players can pass through each other. Right. So ships cannot pass through each other. Are you still doing that? Uh, uh So So I've only so no you cannot pass through each other okay right okay um and you also said every other player starts going the opposite direction Mm -hmm. um which is i forgot about that yeah that work out that did work out that was that was interesting cool that was that was very interesting um And uh, I I don't remember what else you said. Well, But so since then, okay? Mm -hmm. So since then, I've tried it again with players going opposite directions. That was great. That added a little more variety and we weren't both focusing on the same place all the time. Um, Can't pass through each other, which which complicates the maneuvering. I also added in terrain or obstacles. Okay. Okay, so that uh, players can... Uh, either choose to take a chance and fly through something or have to zigzag around things. And you earn points for flying through it. Yeah. That's right. So that's one of the new things as well is that uh, when, when you, uh, so every piece of of terrain or every obstacle that you put out there. Oh, and then these are modular pieces and at the start of the game, players just take turns placing them out there. Right. And I have some rules about, you know, you can't completely block a path and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. You don't want to put it on the drop zone. You need some space around the drop zone. You can't put it on in the wellhead, that sort of stuff. Anyway. Right. Um, so and then then each piece of train has a has a challenge or difficulty value when you try to fly through it uh mm-hmm. and so the higher the number the the higher the challenges the more difficult it is to fly through there without taking damage if you successfully fly through it without exploding i mean you could, could take, da- take damage maybe as you're going through it but if you fly out of it without exploding then you get points equal to the difficulty value of that so then I also gave a little bit more room in the wellhead. So expanded that, opened that up a little bit oh, better. It good, so good, good, yeah. wasn't quite as tight, which that felt a lot better. That was that was the right choice for sure. Yeah,
0: because it literally was like it was too you tight. were probably going to crash. Yeah. Or you're gonna spend a lot of points trying to turn that corner. Yeah,
1: it was too tight. Uh the other thing you suggested is is don't do pilot tokens and damage separately. Uh-huh. Just have have mm. damage and pilot tokens being the same thing. Right. Did right? that work? That did work very oh, well. Oh, sweet. I was, uh, yeah. That was the thing I was most unsure about, his yeah. feedback. And what that does then <clears throat> is that, what that means is, is, so um, when it comes to getting actual pilot characters in the game, everybody's gonna get a pilot card, mm-hmm. that, you know, for playing a kind of the step-up version of the game, I can put actual piloting tokens back in, in that way, with piloting, with right. the, the, pilot, the yep. pilot cards. And then that would mean, you know, you can choose to either take the damage or spend those tokens, but when they're gone, they're gone. <laughs> right. And they, don't, they sense. don't recharge. Right. Um, so pretty pleased with that. So I, I need to do some more play testing of course. Um, but I think I'm pretty close to it being in a place where I'm ready to show Nick, uh, to kind of say, Hey, what do you think? This is where I'm going. This, right. Yeah. Um, I have started to explore, um, uh, like I've kind of basically done a first draft on other ships so right now, it's cool. uh, up to this point. It's everybody's been driving just kind of the basic. The it's armadillo. called the, the armadillo. Yeah. yeah, everybody's been driving the, the basic learner uh, vehicle. Uh, so I I did a first pass on on trying to spec out four more options, four more different vehicles that they could fly, which which will be kind of the next big thing to test. After that, then I would get into pi- actual piloting skills and things. Um, I also I was homesick a week or so ago, about a week and a half ago, and uh, I was super bored and just feeling like a waste of uh, human space. And so I decided to uh, try and learn Google Sketchup. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> which is a free, it's not, I guess it's not Google anymore. It's spun off to be its own thing, but Sketchup. Okay. So it's a free online 3d modeling uh, software. Aha. Uh, and uh, cause I, and I want to you know, I had some, some technical drawings of some of the, of the vehicles that Nick gave to me from, from the original, Game, and I thought, you know what, let me try and let me see if I can kind of use these as a, as a top down, top view, a side view, and a front view. With a, so the elevation stuff, if I can get those in there, I can maybe try and do a 3D model of that. Mm-hmm. And it took me a, the, pretty much a whole day to figure it out. But it, I, I also, you know, I have experience working with Blender and some of the 3D tools in the past, right, right? So there was some a lot, some relevant background for me with that. But I was impressed with how easy to use SketchUp was. I nice. really was very pleased with that. Uh, and and in the end I felt pretty good about the model that uh, I ended up putting together Uh, so based on the suggestions of some folks on Twitter uh, I ordered a copy of that to be 3D printed as as a miniature Um, that was through shapeways.com so that order I guess is scheduled to ship on March 15th Um, I'll spare you all the details uh, uh, and all the difficulty around getting the model formatted correctly and scaling was a problem because yeah but at, at any rate um, that was kind of a pain. If anybody's interested in hearing about that, just shoot us an email, buildinggamepodcast@gmail.com, and I can flush some more of that detail out. But um, uh, yeah. In the end, I, I'm I'm kind of stoked about that, and I'm not gonna. I don't know. I mean, I might have printed a full set of eight minis. We'll if, see. If you did one as a test, yeah. Make if, sure. It doesn't if I suck. like the one, you yeah. know, it was. It, I I used some like ultra high, fine detail, uh, print quality things. So it was like nine bucks for the mini plus another i think five dollars for shipping so it's not cheap right but also if i want to make a real high quality prototype at some point it's right. doable and it's worth it
0: yeah to do and yeah i'm sure you get a break on shipping to do multiples yeah so, right yeah. yeah so um
1: anyway can, so can you do like different colors or uh depends on what type of plastic you want to do you could do uh, like i'm doing their what are their their frost ultra detail resin, I think Mm -hmm. is is something like that. And that is just only available in white. You can get it in PLA and there are multiple colors available for that, but then the print, the resolution of the print is not as good. Okay. But you could paint them then if you want to
0: just so that you have different colors for play testing. Yeah. Yeah, And I would just spray
1: paint them, you know, Um, but yeah, so that's cool. I'm, I'm uh, looking forward to seeing how that comes out. Once it comes in, I'm, I'm sure I'll put pictures on Twitter and we'll maybe put something in the show notes at some point for whatever episode that, comes up around awesome um so that's been fun yeah also i got uh boy the red planet community has reached out in droves i've noticed that yeah yeah Yeah. i've been emailing our
0: podcast and i've been forwarding those to you
1: yeah so thank you for that in fact uh, so much so that the the original uh the original game designer of the of the video game contacted us and said hey oh is that who that was yeah he was the original the original designer of the game like the the lead on that project wow yeah and like, <sighs> contact us and was like hey i heard your podcast The this i i fully support this this sounds cool and he and i've been chatting back and forth he's been sharing with me some of his development uh experiences and and kind of background on certain decisions that they made about how to make the game play and why they made certain decisions nice um and that's been really interesting you know i'm not going to say that i'm um, I'm taking every single piece of information he has and, and applying that directly to the game because because it's not all it's not easy you can't directly map a video game to a tabletop right. game right that you have to make changes um, but it is helping me kind of remember how because uh, he's talking about mechanical adjustments to help with the feel of the game right right and so that the way the game feels is really really important and so right. it's helping me keep that in mind and keep that focus well and if nothing else context is always great absolutely right awesome so that's been a lot of fun um still working on that um yeah i think that's all the updates that i have right now cool yeah so uh we can move on to a topic eh? yeah let's do that so um
0: kind of an interesting topic tonight. Um, this is something that came to me uh, based on a conversation I had with Mark Spector. Yeah, uh, we were talking about on real estate, um, and it's it's almost out of stock, right? Um, so panic, go buy all the ones you can. It's like it's like bread during a, a hurricane. Um, you just want to get bread and milk. You, you need some on real estate, but um, so we've been talking back and forth about um, doing a second printing, right? Um, and as smaller publishers like to do, a lot of times they'll do a second printing on Kickstarter, right? Yeah, um, but not just talking about a second printing, like we started talking about what about a second edition, right? And that brought up the questions of uh, when is it appropriate to do a second edition for a game? Yeah. What What makes a second edition worthwhile? What makes people want to back a second edition? So I have on real estate, but I want the second edition, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what... You know, just kind of all those things, right? And um, and I have Mark's permission to talk about this. Uh, but what, what was interesting to me was those questions were all not questions that we could just answer, right? We thought mm. we could ask this person, we could ask that person. But really, there's no roadmap for what a small publisher should do and when a second edition makes sense. Yeah. Um, because you certainly don't want a second edition to feel like a cash grab, right? Because frankly, it's not, right? Because uh, at least from our perspective, it's, hey, there's some things we'd like to tweak about the game that we could tweak, in a second edition that we wouldn't feel right tweaking and just new copies necessarily of the game. Um, And some lessons we learned uh, from the first batch of the game uh, that could be applied to a second batch of the game. Right. Um, And that said, but when you're looking at that saying, could we make it appealing to original backers as well and how, right. Um, So I just kind of wanted to talk through those, those ideas and um, just kind of, you know, spitball back and forth for, what makes sense mm-hmm. um, about like what types of changes are are good to make to the game, um, or or not unrealistic? I mean, we can talk about that as kind of a case study, but yeah, um, I'm thinking in general, right? Mm-hmm. What are the um, things uh, that that you would be looking for in a second edition? I mean, you could apply that to Saloon Tycoon, right? If you yeah. were going to make a second edition of Saloon Tycoon, what would what are the material changes that would make you excited about that not being a second printing
1: hmm that's tough like i it, um outside of you know errata right maybe mm-hmm. cleaning up some stuff in the rule book uh, uh you have one one of those stretch goal cards was was problematic right yeah the dark castle dark, dark castle right problematic is a nice way to say it
0: uh <laughs> it sucks uh and i'm not mark would not be mad at me for saying that yeah. we, we hate
1: that card yeah. um um, um. So may- maybe new text for that, or maybe cl- removing right. completely. Yeah.
0: We've uh, ratted the card on Board Game Geek. Yeah. To explain how to actually use it. Right. We would change the card. We'd want that. Would be something we'd absolutely do. I sure, agree with yeah. you. Yes.
1: And what there's like with Saloon Tycoon, there's one of the one of the expansion tiles. I want to say it was the chapel. I don't remember now. I want to say it was the chapel it was missing a missing a piece of information there, and people thought p- people were. Quite, it was like it, it was missing a minus or something. Right. Because people were thinking, oh, so you mean when I buy this, I gain six gold? I thought I right. know instead of spending it. So that's the kind of thing that would be changed. Certainly right. certainly on a second printing. Well, um,
0: those little changes are I mean, yeah. like you
1: make, that's a cleanup change, right? Right, right. So to a full second edition, typically a full second edition means real mechanical changes to the game. Right. Uh, and I, it doesn't mean a, a mechanical overhaul, but it means, it means something. Something uh, uh, noticeable about the game will play differently, right. Um,
0: right? I would also say with that possibly new artwork could also be right. Like some people in a second edition might want to see some different artwork, yeah. right? Um, yeah.
1: I see. So I, I'm confused. Not confused. I, I guess I should say I'm surprised. That Mark would want to go down that road so quickly because my understanding, I'm not a publisher, but my understanding has been often that publishers really make money on the second printing of a game because then all of the development costs are already paid for. All the art, all the layout, all the graphic design, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all that stuff, if they need custom anything put together for the printer, all that stuff is paid for now. Right. And the second printing, it's just its just straight up material cost and shipping. And the rest right. is just gravy for them. Right. And so I'm surprised that Mark would want to would go would go down a different path that would lead to more development and production <clears throat> investment uh, for him. Right.
0: So that is that's a great that's a great point that we haven't talked about. Yeah. Um. You know. I mean. Uh. I think that your production co- your development cost is going to be limited because you're just making sure. some tweaks to the game, right? Yeah. Um. But yeah, I guess what is the dividing line between between a second edition that is the, the difference between a second edition and kind of an errataed yeah, first edition, right? right? Right. Um, I mean, for a second, pr- I, so here's that's uh, that's something I don't know. Like, if you make errata changes to the first printing, so the second printing is corrected, that's still the first edition of the game, right? Is it though, or uh, is that? Are we, I mean, are, are we talking semantics here with it? Like, I,
1: I don't know. I, uh, I mean, I. We might be getting to a semantic situation where some people have very strong opinions, and the people kind of don't care. Like for, for me, is it's kind of like what I said that that a second edition game, a second edition of the game, would would feature mechanical changes, preferably mechanical improvements, right, or, or something right. that to streamline or simplify complicated uh, aspects at no sacrifice, or or potentially it, it, to improve the game game playing experience, right. right. Um. That's what I would em- envision being a second edition.
0: That's a fair point. And so in a real estate, doesn't really have problems. Like, um, yeah, right. it's got a couple problem cards. Um, but here's, so here's some of the stuff Mark and I talked about. Uh, tell me if you think this is second edition territory mm-hmm. or if you think this is second printing territory just with tweaks. So in the current game, um, every card, uh, every uh, bonus card, that it comes with right Mm -hmm. uh for stretch goals there's two of each right we've come to realize that's pretty unnecessary there's enough bonus cards that in reality you you, the chances of getting two are pretty slim two of the same one are pretty slim Mm -hmm. so why even have two in there right Mm -hmm. why not fill that out with more cards right sure um and you know one way to handle that would simply be take out one all of the expansion cards we've done so far because we've done some other expansion cards that not everyone knows about um right Pocket Ops came with one, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know we've talked about. For didn't, I didn't get that with my copy of Pocket Ops. You should have. I don't think
1: yeah. I did. Well, uh, anyway, you should whatever. have. Yeah. Sorry, I'll, be, I'll look in the box again. It's the Sniper Tower.
0: The sniper Tower. It's okay. pretty cool. Right. Um,
1: I should look in the box.
0: Yeah. So, anyways, uh, it's a fun. It's a fun card. I know I designed it. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things was, or there was the Orphanage uh, that we did for the Tantrum but We yeah. take those and just. Put those, fill it out basically, so that you get the same number of cards, mm-hmm. but they're all filled in there. Um,
1: yeah. See, th- see, that sounds to me like an errata with the new expansion.
0: Okay, but if that expansion is built into the core of the game, right? So does that does that change? I mean, that's that's what you know. That's where we're struggling is to understand. Um, would you call it a second edition, or would you just call it a second printing uh, with some changes to it? Right. Um, and we very well may not answer that question here because the other, so the other thought was if you do just a second edition with, with, I mean, a second printing with you errata any cards you don't like fix that stuff. Um, but you don't really change the core card counts of the game. Right. Uh, and then you just put an expansion in a standalone, you're not a standalone expansion, but an expansion that is big enough to people are comfortable buying the expansion, uh, as enough to fund the Kickstarter. Right. And then other people
1: can also order, the original edition yeah. again, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, so, all right. So I am I think the real answer is whatever you think is more marketable is what you do. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's fair, that's fair. <laughs> and, but I mean, yeah. Mark
0: and I both want to be, we're, we're genuine sure. people who don't want to, yeah. we don't want to make a cash grab and yeah. we don't want to be accused of making a cash right. grab for sure. Um, yeah. I, so, also, I think maybe Kickstarter <laughs> won't let you just kickstart the same thing a second time. They will not. That right. is so... But if you kickstart the expansion, but also then allow people to buy right, the original, right, right. That's, that's how I mean. Um, Dice Hate Me made you know made a living off that for a while. Yeah, um, and I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean they basically they made a big expansion, sold the expansion, but then also did the second printing right. or published a completely different game by a different designer who's in that family. Yeah, and then also included that right. as a thing. Right, that's true. Um. Because the fact of the matter is, it's hard for a small publisher to have the cash to just go out and do a big second printing of the game, right? right? Um, you know, uh, you know, anytime you can do pre sales, basically with mm-hmm. Kickstarter, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I mean, really, we always want to keep improving the game, right? If we if we have lessons learned and we have things we can add, we want to do that, right? One of the pieces of feedback I've heard from some people are, uh, and I've talked about on the show before, is like people would love a version of the game they could play with no special cards, right? So, like, I that's said how them, like, our, yeah, me too. Right, I, I said like that. there's an easy thing to add in. Yeah, you add in. Um, I said just for Matt Loomis, we could add in a seven card because uh, <laughs> Matt hates that it goes one through six and then eight. Yeah, we could add in a seven card. Um, and by adding that in, it would, you could rebalance the game to play, say, one extra turn and not have any special cards because mm-hmm. the turns would go faster without any special cards. So right. doing one extra turn would be fine. Right. Um, and then that would probably balance the game out. Um, so, so doing it that way would be, would be easy peasy. Yeah. Um. But, you know, I don't know if, uh, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know if that's, if that's worthwhile to do or okay. like, again, that doesn't yeah. really feel like a second. So
1: here's a different way to try it maybe define this. So would would you or would you would mark well, let's say would you would you want people to think uh, to, to when they think of real estate in the future, would you want them to would you want them to think of the old version or this revised version? and if if you don't care if you say if you if you see that as as, as the second printing, if you see this as the same game? Just with some stuff cleaned up, mm-hmm. then it's then it's just a second printing with some errata cleanup. But if you want people to see this as the new, improved, better version of the game, then it's the second edition, and it's replacing right. the old. And it should replace the old, the original. Right, right, right.
0: The question is though, like, because you don't want to make people mad, right? Like, no, I just right. bought this game, and now you're releasing the second edition. Now you're telling right? me
1: this, this version that I've just bought that only had for a couple of years is crap. Right. And yeah. that's
0: not what we're saying. Sure. You we know, very right. much believe in the version. So I mean, heck, maybe for just that reason it's bad to do a second edition because of people's feelings about it, right? Yeah, right. Maybe it's better to do an errated second printing and then include an expansion set, right? Yeah. Uh as as the driving force of the Kickstarter is an expansion set that also includes um, you know, variant gameplay yeah. styles, right?
1: That <clears throat> might be what I would I would lean towards. Right. Just from a from a public relation, public uh, appreciation right. thing, you know,
0: because we're not in any way saying, or I like, should say, player, we're not saying, hey, the original version is bad because it's yeah, not. no, it's, no, right. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't think of any major mechanical changes that I would want to make to the no. game. I love the way the game plays. I hate a few cards that are in the game, um, and that's that's just I mean that it is what it is, right? Yeah, <laughs> every every every. Um, person who's designed a game with multiple cards that do does special things in it yeah there are cards they don't like right Mm -hmm. i mean that's pretty much guaranteed right i'm sure there are things in saloon tycoon that are not your favorite card but they're in there and that's fine right sure you know um that's gonna happen every designer and that's because not just the designer messes with the publishers have input right and something's bound to not click with you right or with some players Mm -hmm. so okay so i guess that what we're saying is the 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 upside to the second edition is you might sell more copies. But the downside really, the big downside is you could alienate some people by making them believe falsely that your original version is um is not is inferior, is, is inferior now, right? Yeah. And then um, yeah. right, right, right. So yeah.
1: <clears throat> so yeah, I think that's that's kinda those are my thoughts on that then. Um Yeah. So, alternatively, right? You could say you, you could just unrelease an alternate. You could just re-release the same game with different art and different titles, and say, you know, it's it's a, another Unreal Estate game, right? Right.
0: But it's all the same game. But it's all the that's same game. super shady. That would be t- honestly for Crins Art. People might do it, but right,
1: yeah, <laughs> and just make some of those changes and emphasize those changes. Right, and then it sounds like a new game. Right, that's crappy. Don't do that. Yeah, no, I. Wouldn't I'm sorry do that, that I so. even suggested that, yeah. builders. I apologize for even making such a dirty uh, suggestion. Yeah,
0: get ready for Saloon Kaboom! It's a mining game. <laughs> that's basically the same game with new tiles. Uh-huh. Saloon Buffoon coming to you soon. It'd be Kaboom Tycoon. Kaboom Tycoon. It's a mining game. Yeah, right.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. So literally, like it just looks like mines, but it's all the same abilities. Right. Yeah, yeah.
1: Instead of building in an L shape, you're building in a T shape. Cause, right. Because the, the, or maybe it's free form because the mind can, you can dig the mind whenever, whatever direction you, dress be you freeform, want, man. That your game would suck if it was free form. You well, know that. Hey, I, I I don't know that. You're saying that. I don't know that. I think don't I'm, I think don't I'm right. tell me what I know. Don't put words in my mouth. I was Don't put thoughts in your brain, I think don't, is what you that, mean. Don't put thoughts in my brain. You, damn it, you just put thoughts in my brain. ha <laughs> <laughs> oh uh-huh. this uh-huh. podcast is over it's over
0: okay cool yeah okay so that's that's some good stuff mark i hope you listen to all that uh <laughs> go do something with that that'd be great so
1: um <laughs> jason has washed his hands of the right, whole thing no
0: but no mark and i like to have conversations about this stuff and those are all questions where it was like we should talk through those and i was like hey can i just do it on the show and he's like sure go ahead and i was like i'm pretty sure you wouldn't care so um you know a mark is a publisher that wants to be respectful of 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 players and yeah. you know and fans of the that's of, good of his stuff and yeah that's important um and obviously as a designer that's incredibly important to me mm-hmm. um that we are doing things that are not i mean obviously in the end yes we want to sell lots of copies right i mean duh sure right? of course you know sell more copies yeah. you can make more games yeah. you can make more games you can then you know get more of your stuff out there and that's important um if that's important to you and it's important mm-hmm. to you it's important to me it's important to mark um so so yeah okay cool
1: cool yeah good stuff all right Game pitch time. Game pitch time. Mm-hmm. Oh been, yeah, you've been teasing this.
0: I have. So, um, so uh, a while back uh, to unpub Midwest, I took a game I like to call Seven Bridges City, uh, and it was a fun game. Uh, it had some. Uh, it had some good things about it. Um, it had some not so good things about it. And uh, so the original game, if you recall, if you listened to the show before, uh, the way the game worked was uh, it's a trick taking game. Uh, with see some uh, with it was really just a trick-taking game actually at that point so the point of the trick taking game was there was a bridge that got played every turn It was a big card like a, a tarot size card you put it out there and there were four tricks on the card um, there was the, the the foundation which is the bottom of the bridge um, and that there was you there were two slots there um, the first two players to play cards there who, who were playing that specific trick the lowest card would win and it would take the highest card for scoring points Uh, In the middle, uh, on the the sides of the bridge, there was a slot on each side. Those two cards, the highest card, would take the lowest card for scoring. And then at the very top, um, kind of at the cap or the crown of the bridge, was another card. And if the suit on that card matched the suit on one of the two cards at the bottom in the foundation, you claimed that card for points for yourself. Uh, And only one card could fit up there. Um, and then in the middle uh, that was what could change every round uh, that was what the bridge determined and what that would say was um, the highest whatever card wins this turn of a certain certain suit right mm-hmm. um, the highest card of that suit would win and uh, then you would actually get the bridge which was worth some points at the end of the game right um, and that was how the game worked That was the whole game and uh, people liked it but they felt like there needed to be something else to it um, also they didn't like the theme. Uh, and they said, if it's going to be a bridge game, what if you build an actual bridge? So so I made that prototype. I made a prototype where um, you had a specific uh, color you could take, and you could take that in any shape, right? rest of the game worked the same, but there were bridge pieces, and you had to build a bridge. And then you, um, first person to build a bridge to a certain point, one, but then we kind of changed it to say who had the best bridge, and there were some ways to figure that out. And it just... Um, you, you and Christine play tested, and then the best thing that came out of that was you said the core of this game, the what you're, the tricks you're playing, fantastic, love it, don't change it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I hate the bridge thing because it feels so separate. And I was like, you know what, you're not yeah. wrong. So we kind of talked back and forth about how it kind of felt like when just looking at the trick taking aspect and if they could include some sort of card scoring aspect, that it it kind of I, I embraced it as one of those German-style card games that Chris Kopack is so fond yeah. of that he's proud of things like Tauschrausch and stuff, where where there's an interesting way that you you collect cards, um, and then you score points based on the cards you've collected via set collection and stuff like that, mm-hmm. right? And that really that really kind of excited me. It was the first thing where like I had said I could just make this an abstract, right? Because the the problem was I need a theme, right? And you would even nicely suggest you could use a survival theme. You've been trying to do that, you know, and none of things just felt authentic enough, but. Um, but the idea of just making it a, a German style abstract card game, I was like, well, no crap, that's not so bad, right? So I did. I stripped the theme out um, and started messing around with it. And, and So here's what I've kind of come up with. Um, and this is probably going to be a fairly short pitch now that I think about it, but we'll talk sure. it through. Yeah. Um, what I came up with is a game called Oben Unten. I actually gave it a German name. Uh, that means top bottom.
1: Yeah, um, just to try and fool people. Right, just to trick people. No,
0: <laughs> no, just because I thought if it's going to be an abstract, let's give it an abstract name. It just sounds kind of fun. And Oben Unten sounds kind of neat. Uh-huh. Um, and it, Like I said, it just means top bottom. Um, so here's what the game has become. Um so now I've changed out to have shapes and colors, right? Um and there are four shapes in the game, star, square, triangle, circle. Um the trick card that gets pulled out every round, e- the player gets to pick that. You're going to play 8 rounds in the game. Um so I guess let me explain a little bit how um the game works. We'll just yeah. pretend that I'm starting from scratch here. So each player is going to be given a deck of cards, a deck of 20 cards. Mm-hmm. And those cards are numbered 1 through 20. Um, and they are asymmetrical. Um, there are four sets of shapes, as I mentioned. Um, and my deck will have the one number one star, but your number one card Rob, would be say a square. Uh somebody's would be a triangle, somebody's would be a circle, right? Mm. Uh and then every fifth card I have would once again be a new shape, right? Yep. So um repeated shape, and that's how the pattern goes. So what that means is I will have the lowest of one card. I will not have the highest of that same shape, right? Which is important because the most powerful thing in the game are very low cards and very high cards. Mid-range cards, not good. Mm-hmm. Um, so so what happens is one player, they'll be they'll be presented with two trick cards. Uh, after you've been dealt this, you're going to draw six cards, I think. Um, well, let's think. There's eight rounds. Uh, so seven, 14, six. Yeah, you're going to draw... Six cards in the first round. And then every round after that, you will draw two more cards into your hand. And the last round, you'll draw the last two cards. You'll play those and you're done. And the reason for that is this. So the way the trick works is somebody picks the trick, puts it out. Let's say this says the highest star wins the center prize, right? Mm-hmm. So um, so that comes out. You've got two slots on the bottom for cards. And that's, the, that's the bottom trick. And that is still the lowest card wins. Mm-hmm. And they take the shape of... That is on the highest card, right? So if I play a star, but you play a, a square, the square is what I'm going to take if I won, right? Right. Uh, and we'll get to that in a minute. The middle is the highest card takes the lowest card's shape. Um, the um, the top uh, is the same. If it matches the sh- if it matches a shape of one of the bottom cards, then I get to claim that shape. Um, and then the center part, the center trick, which is determined specifically by that trick card, Mm -hmm. um, will be the highest star wins or the lowest star wins or the highest card wins or the lowest card wins. And there's every shape has a high card, highest one and lowest one. And then there's also to round it out to 10 cards so that you never get the same ones, Mm -hmm. uh, is the highest card in general played there, the lowest card in general. Now, when it's my turn, I have to play a card to a slot if a slot is open now the slots are just the five slots around the trick card yeah. right the middle uh the middle is completely optional if i want to during my turn i could play one card there um through that whole round never more than one but i could play zero right um i'm required to play if one of the f- the, the slots on the outside are open but if it gets to me and the center is open and i have not played and all the other ones are off i can pass um and then once everyone has passed or played to the center then that round ends and we score um the the trick is this you might be wondering why so your cards are all played face up around the outside Mm -hmm. but in the center they're played face down uh so what that does is that allows a little strategy right because if i um if it's my turn and especially if i'm leading and i don't want to lead uh something on the bottom or the sides or the top where it's very obvious when i'm playing i can just put a card face down in the middle that could be a card to help me win that or it could just be me playing off to distract someone else right yeah right um so everyone goes around we all play until everyone has played um, the, the slots are full um and after that has happened we score we score from the top down because it's the easiest way to do it um so you look oh, the top match anything okay boom so then i score mm-hmm. all the way down and then the center we would flip the cards over last see who wins there mm-hmm. um and yes uh all right so what happens when you win? So there are scoring cards in the game too. Um, there are eight scoring cards for each um, shape, right? So 32 total. Um, those eight cards for each shape are going to be that same shape eight times. And there are four colors in the game. Oh, I guess there's 10 cards each. Sorry, because there's five colors in the game. Okay. Um, and um, each... So the star has... Um, Two red stars, two blue stars, two browns, or whatever they are. But you know what I mean, right? So that makes sense. Two of the same color for each one. That's how it is. One card will be facing on top. That's the card you're going to claim when you take it. The next card will automatically repopulate for the next player, right? So if I earn a star, then I would take the top star card, and that's mine. I'm going to use those for set collection at the end of the game. Now, one of the debates we've had that you had a suggestion I really like, but I have to figure out kind of how the scoring would work with this is... um, uh would be that winning the 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 trick like meaning the center trick and actually taking the trick card could possibly change my scoring at the end right yeah to say you get a plus one point for every star you have Mm -hmm. right um that sort of thing right and i and i really like that Uh, i may just go as simple as uh if i take the star bridge it's plus one point for whatever star if i um have the high card one it's i get one point for Whatever the one I have the most of is right Uh, and those could stack right so if I had high low star star and I had the most stars well guess what then I'm like I'm flushing stars that's pretty awesome right right I'll probably win sure Uh, but that wouldn't happen very often Um, so I think I'll probably add that in Mm -hmm. Um, and those would just be plus one point for each card the way the rest of the scoring works is pretty simple Um, you uh, if you have the same shape and color twice so if I have two red stars uh, that's five points at the end of the game. If I have one of uh, every color total of the five colors across the shapes, mm-hmm. that is five points. If I have one of every shape, that's five points. And then I get plus one point for every shape I have that matches after after the first one, after the first two, right? So if I have two or more, they're each worth one point, right? Uh, and that would obviously be enhanced to yeah. more than one point each. If I had the brick, the bridge, sorry, the trick card. Sure. So, um, and that's how obi Newton works. It's simple, mm-hmm. uh, but there is a lot of strategy just in that play around that, around that trick card. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been really happy with how that works. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that is my Unpub game. It is the prototype's yeah. almost done for sure. I'm taking that to Unpub. Good. Yeah. Um, because w- the game works, I need scoring testing, right? I sure. need the scoring testing right. to, um. But then I'm going to have a game that I want to pitch to publishers that I, frankly, would... I don't... We'll see if I can get an American publisher to, to lock onto that with no theme. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, cards and numbers work, right? Yeah. But this right. could actually be one that might be fun to try and pitch to a European publisher, sure, right? Sure, yeah. Um, so, did I think that I hit everything with the game?
1: Does I think so, sound? yeah. I, I, I'll i just add that I... I really, really like that, that playing four different tricks at once concept... Mm -hmm. Uh, of it i that was that was really like like, when we had talked about that i don't know seven or eight times in the podcast right right but and and i and i felt like i got it but it wasn't until i sat down and started like interfacing with it where i went oh this is really smart and this is really meaningful um and i liked it a lot like this i'm feeling i'm feeling about this the way that i felt when I first finally when I finally played Unreal Estate in its kind of near final form, where I was right, like, right. "Oh, this is a thing, and right. this is a good thing." Awesome. Well, thank yeah. you, thank yeah. you, yeah. Um, and I'm excited to play it with the changes that you made. Me too. Me yeah. too.
0: Yeah, I haven't I haven't tried it yet, yeah. so yeah, yeah, I'm excited about that. Um, and I'm sure there'll be more tweaks that need to be made. Sure. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, I feel pretty good about how it's playing for now. Yeah. Um, and that's really the, so. The other cool thing is it's a trick-taking game you can play with two players Yeah, because of the way the tricks work. Right. It's easy to play with two players. Um, I, The only thing I think I would change to two players, you'd probably play six tricks instead of eight, so you didn't mm-hmm. run out of cards. True. <laughs> uh, You'd probably just start with a couple more cards, maybe even seven tricks, and you just start with one extra card. And that's because if you are the first player, you're probably going to play three cards mm-hmm. uh, in a two-player game, almost yep. guaranteed. Uh, no, it is actually guaranteed you play be at guaranteed. least three yeah. cards. Yeah. so. <laughs> So I need to reduce the number of tricks. Uh, and that was actually one of the reasons why I enhanced the number of cards from 18 to 20 because mm-hmm. it originally was 18 cards. Adding those two extra cards gives a little bit more of a buffer for sure. that um, because I don't ever want you to run. I don't ever want you to be down to where every turn you draw two cards and that's all you have to play. Yeah, um, that's no fun. Right. Yeah. Uh, but I do want you to have to think about the cards you're playing. I want you to that you could get down to that and that you'd be like, "Oh, I that was dumb. I shouldn't do that again." Yeah. So if you do that, I want it to be because you overplayed. Yeah. Not because um, you know, so if you were to play three cards per turn, um after turn 7, yeah, you after turn 6 or 5 or 6, you would be out of cards. Yeah. Um I mean, if you want to do that, that's great, but the game's not going to be fun and you're probably going to lose, uh, to be honest, right? Because at that point, you've given all the power to the, the opponent, right? Yeah, right. Um, So I do need to figure out for two players how many tricks make sense. I should True. do some math on that, actually. Because mm-hmm. um, I don't want to give you two decks of cards to play with. Like, that's just... Nah. I don't like that. Right. Um, I like that it's kind of pure. It plays the same. It's just mm-hmm. shorter. Yeah. Um, Yeah.
1: Okay, cool. So, yeah. Right that's on. That's what I got. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of... I'm. Closer we get to Umpub, the more I'm kind of starting to regret not planning ahead to go. You want to go? We can share a table. Yeah, I just, I can't. It's just, it's just not in the budget. All right. Yeah, it's just not in the budget. So, wouldn't be that expensive? Just saying. I know. Because, you know,
0: you'd be room with Katarski and I. Yeah. It's, so. yeah,
1: it's just not in the budget for me for this year, unfortunately. That's fine. So, but, um, I, we were talking a little bit about maybe going to Origins this year. Right. I, I think I want to. I think I want to go. Yeah.
0: For me, that's just, that's like four more days. Yeah. That's, Heck, that's going to hit the budget big time. Yeah. I and mean, those hotels down there are expensive. So, yeah. Um, if I was going to go to Origins, I would really just want to go for one or two nights. Yeah. Because frankly, you've got all day to play test. You literally could play test all day. Yeah. Uh, and get, because you want to, what, you need like three play tests at Red Planet while you're there. Well, maybe I need four.
1: like, I, I would like to get at least three players, three play tests with eight players right. in it. Right? right. You know, and preferably more than that, which, could be a big ask, right? You know, over the course of a you know a day and a half of being there,
0: right? That I frankly, that's a big ask over the course of twenty days of being there. Well,
1: yeah, <laughs> eight I know. players for a game is really hard. It is right, right. It is yeah. So honestly, um, your, your best bet for that would be
0: call Nick and
1: just get people together to well, play it. Yeah, and and I'm going to probably reach out to the community also, and and I, I need to put together good print and play. So hopefully, right. other people can try it and give me feedback. At, at any rate, whatever um yeah so i don't know i'm torn about that i would like to go to origins i don't know i don't know if i go if i go i don't i wanted i want to make it a thing i want to go for the whole time i don't want to just go down for two days because then i'll i'll feel rushed the whole time i'm there because every time i've gone before i've been for a day or two and i felt rushed right
0: i i'm pretty confident i'm not going to go to unpub anymore after this year really um it's just too much of a hassle and the Unpub has made a lot of changes this year and I just, I'm unsure about those. And I just, yeah. I'm just not excited. I honestly don't want to go, mm. but I'm going to go because, uh, I said I was going to go and, and I need to get this play testing done. Yeah. Uh, but given the option, I'd rather not go to Unpub and just go to origins. True. So I think that's what I'll do next year. Yeah. Um, okay. just because I, origins I, has pretty much the same effect. Mm-hmm. I'll get, I'll get plenty of play tests in, um, with game designers mm-hmm. and with some non game designers. Sure. Uh, and frankly, that's just as good as Unpub. um, Unpub being in baltimore is just a long ways Unpub midwest was perfect because it was right here yeah uh, there weren't nearly as many play testers obviously but i still got really good feedback about my games mm-hmm. and i had more fun because it was just That's a good. nice community thing yeah. i got to hang out with cool people like you and katarski and, and kelly was there and mm-hmm. we i actually i hung out with kelly hoagland more than i've ever hung out with kelly hoagland and i love that guy mm-hmm. um speaking of that guy yeah so he sent us a copy of circuitous oh yeah uh from the game crafter because awesome. uh we had tried it a bunch for him and he wanted us to try it some more so uh thank yeah. you kelly i did get
1: that i really like that
0: game. um yeah so i'm gonna give that copy to rob for now to see if maybe him and his wife can get it to the table before yeah. my wife and i can right um but uh that's something too would be a great one to bring out at a game night because totally. it's so wicked easy to teach people right and, and surprising know. and and delightful yeah. really yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so cool Um, But I I don't forget, I'll give it to you before you leave because it's a really nice looking prototype. So good job. Good job, Kelly.
1: Um, We're wrapping up here. Uh, Real quick, I wanted to give my congratulations to uh, Nat Levin and Joshua Josh Mills for winning the ION Award this year for American Steel. Congratulations, guys. Yeah. Nat, I know you worked real hard on that. And Josh, uh, you're a very uh, funny guy. Um, Maybe Josh pitched it for the challenge. I don't know. He's good at that. He, I know he went to SaltCon to pick it up. So, so he was, like he was. It, that's what it was. Josh, congratulations! You were able to travel. Yeah, 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 yeah. and yeah. So, um, congratulations to both of you guys. That's that's super super cool. Um, if you were at SaltCon, and uh, uh, um, so um, Tucker from Cardlords, uh, the publisher of Eight Arms to Hold You, mm-hmm. went to SaltCon and uh, he w- ran some playtesting and ran some demos of Eight Arms to Hold You with some folks there. So if you were at SaltCon and you played eight arms and you're listening to the show, you know, give us a shout, tell us what you thought. Uh, yeah. the game, the game has, uh, evolved a lot, uh, in the last, call it six months, I guess. Um, and I'd be interested to hear, uh, any thoughts that you guys have. Um, uh, still looking for a name change, still trying to find the right name change on that. So if any builders, any of you guys out there have any thoughts on, uh, what a new name could be, um, let us know. Yeah, let us know. Yeah, um, eight wings to flap you. That's the good. That that's the winner. That's the one. <laughs> um, I think we're looking at probably uh, a fall Kickstarter for that. Cool. Uh, tentatively, cool. don't hold me to that right now. But that's the plan. Um, let's see uh i believe people in asia are all, should almost all have their copies of the ranch expansion right now i know mm-hmm. it's starting to get out in the eu and there are some shipping challenges here in, in the u.s um uh it, that has been super frustrating and i uh i apologize I, I i i mean frankly the shipping company should be the ones apologizing but good luck getting anything out of them but I apologize to builders if you don't have your copy of the Ranch Expansion yet. I don't have mine yet either. It's super frustrating, and uh, I was really hoping to have that to the table by now. But I'm sure it's coming soon. Um, what else, what else, what else? Um, simple Surgery still, uh, still targeting a summer release is my understanding on that. Um... And Oh, and uh, last update I had on Epic Monster Tea Party is that they're still on track for a uh, an April, sometime in April release uh, for that to Great. start shipping out. So as soon as I hear uh, more details or if I get any updates, I will make sure I update all the builders. That's oh, good yeah that's probably enough for tonight though so uh yeah, any yeah. other final things from you no i was is nat levin is he also from south carolina i have no? no idea i
0: feel like he's from somewhere somewhere cooler than that like somewhere farther up in the eastern seaboard hmm. i just can't remember yeah anyways i don't
1: know there's a lot of cooler places i haven't out there yeah well
0: i mean pretty much anywhere yeah. other than south carolina but yeah oh, yeah poor, poor, josh. poor so, josh anyways sorry josh um but hey
1: I hope i see you at unpub i hope he's at unpub that would make my own pub happy. Yeah, he'll probably be at Origins, I expect. He goes to things, right? He, he just so he shows up. Like we said, he it, you know, Nat made the game. Josh was the one who was able to travel. Right. If you need to co-design a game with someone and have them pick stuff up for you, Josh is your man. Yeah, Josh is your man. Right. So, yeah. Gosh, The guy's just good at traveling. He is. It's, yeah. Um, yeah. Epic, so epic level traveler. There you go. So cool. All right. Thanks you. Uh thanks to you for listening to the show. Uh if you want to get in touch with us, email buildinggamepodcast at gmail.com. Um, Twitter, at PodcastBTG, at J.A. Slingerlin, at Proly underscore designed. Google voice number, 770 dot BuildingGamePodcast.com. Like us. Give us reviews. Um, That's enough. Thanks. And, uh, yeah, also,
0: Josh, as as a parting note, very good at animating penises. So... Building the Game is a co-production of Imminent Entertainment and Poorly Designed Studios. All of the ideas presented by Rob and Jason are property of the Building the Game podcast. Next time
1: on Building the Game.
0: If you need to bleep penises, that's okay. okay? No, I don't think that's not a...
1: Penis is not a vulgar word, Jason.